No pressure. If you have been in church for any length of time, you'll know that the church is made up of a motley crew of people with all sorts of needs and problems. Indeed, you can go all the way back to the very beginning, and as long as there have been people, there have been problems. Just read the Old Testament, for example, and follow the children of Israel for a while, and you'll see what I mean. Read through the Gospels, and you'll find the same there. In several of Paul's letters, Paul addresses the problems amongst God's people. And here in Matthew 20, we find that our Lord had to deal with problems among his most faithful followers. Yes, even our Lord's disciples had problems. Some had problems with pride. Some had problems with people, and all of them had problems with perception and priorities. Now, I'd like us to look at some of these issues as they affect us on our Christian journey, because they do. Our reading tells us that Jesus was leading his disciples towards Jerusalem, and even though he had told them that he would lay down his life there, we can tell from our reading that they hadn't really understood the enormity of what Jesus had said. We have been blessed with all the scriptures we need to realize that in our daily Christian walk, we too are on a journey. And we need to journey in the right manner, having learnt from the problems the disciples experienced 2,000 years ago. So let's consider the opening verses from our reading. Jesus has revealed his impending death to his disciples. And Luke 18 verse 3 tells us and confirms that they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. It's clear that some of Jesus' disciples had a great concern on their mind, but not about Jesus. It was about themselves. First, we notice the all-too-human problem of pride. The mother of Zebedee's sons came with what on the surface may seem like an honorable request, to sit on either side of Jesus in his kingdom. But in the previous chapter, Jesus had made a promise to his disciples. He had said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, it's popularly believed that James and John put their mother, Salome, up to making this request to Jesus. But regardless, it's clear that they wanted it and thought that they deserved the very best. Now, it's possible that James and John had in mind 
the order of the Sanhedrin. The president of the Sanhedrin would sit in the midst of two rows of elders. One on his right hand sat the father of the Sanhedrin, and on his left sat the sage. These men took care of business in the absence of the president. These men possessed great power and authority. And it seems that James and John wanted power and authority. To put it plainly, they had a pride problem. Now there are many of Christ's followers today who have the same problem with pride. There's no shortage of people who want to be in the spotlight. In the worldwide church, you will always find people who want to be seen and heard, or they want everyone to know who they are and what they have done, and they want to be involved in every decision that is made. Many specific ministries or pet projects have to have prominence. Pride says, look at me. Look at who I am. Look at what I'm doing. In Mark 7, Jesus mentioned pride in the same category as blasphemy, adultery, murder, and covetousness. C.S. Lewis called pride the great sin because all other sins can be traced back to it. Sometimes things that start out to be a work for God's glory can quickly turn into something that is bringing glory to self. Pride is easy to see in others, but almost impossible to detect in ourselves. We must constantly ask ourselves this question. Why do I do what I do? Why do I preach or teach? Why do I serve on a committee? Why do I bring, uh, sing in the music group? Or why do I want to serve in some church capacity? Do you do what you do for personal glory or to honour the Father? We would, if we would just read the Bible, we would find that pride always leads to defeat. Now, my reason for raising this topic is in the hope that it will make each of us question our own motives as to our Christian walk in this life. Proverbs 6, 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. On the reverse, there are great benefits that can come from being humble. James 4 verse 6 says, But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And 1 Peter 5 verse 6 says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. James and John wanted to be elevated to a position of prominence. 
There's a constant problem of pride among the followers of Christ, and that problem must be addressed. As we look further into the text, we will find that among the followers of Christ, there is the people problem. Verse 24 says, And when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. The other ten disciples were listening intently as James, John and Salome make their request. They also listened as Jesus responded to their request. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Once again, this people problem has its roots in the pride problem. Maybe they were angry that they were trying to promote themselves over them. Or maybe they were angry that they got beaten to it. Either way, the disciples of Christ are not happy. Every church has one major problem in common. People. The church is comprised of imperfect people. It's often been said that if you find the perfect church, whatever you do, don't join it because you could mess it up. So I say to visitors and friends alike, welcome to Pip and Jim's, our imperfect parish church. When pride creeps up in a church, when problems arise and when they're not dealt with immediately, these problems will intensify and usually multiply. One of the biggest issues among people in the church is jealousy. Look at the story of Diotrephes in 3 John, verse 9. It says, Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. When I come, I will report some of the things he is doing and the evil accusations he's making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Dear friends, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children, and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. There's always somebody who wants to run things and have all the authority. And once again, it can be traced back to pride. This was a problem for the disciples, and Jesus stepped in to handle it. We will see how in just a moment. So there was a pride problem. There was a people problem. But we also find that among the followers of Christ, there is often a perception problem. Let's look for a moment at our Lord's response to the request of James and John. He says, 
you don't even know what you're asking for. He then asks, can you drink of the cup that I shall drink of? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. Those places belong to those for whom they have been prepared for by my Father. Now this was a figurative term that Jesus used. He's saying, I am going to experience suffering that you cannot imagine. Are you able to go through it too? They quickly proclaim, yes we are, we're able. But they have no clue what awaits their master. Jesus was headed to Calvary to die for the sins of the world. He will face his father's undiluted wrath against those sins. Jesus will die as a result of that wrath. But James and John say, Lord, we're ready to drink that cup. We know that even Jesus desired that the cup pass from him. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared for by my Father. They would suffer and eventually die for their faith in Christ. Oh yes, they would walk the road that Jesus walked to Jerusalem but they could never endure what he was about to suffer. The lesson for his disciples was this. Positions in the kingdom are not awarded based on selfish ambition, but according to the will of God. James, John and the rest of the disciples had a perception problem. Instead of looking to Jesus, they were looking to themselves. They completely ignored what Jesus had said to them privately. Where he says, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way he took the twelve aside and said to them, we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. They were so focused on themselves that they lost sight of the mission at hand. Many times problems among God's people come when we lose sight of the mission by taking our eyes off of our Lord and focusing on ourselves. Sometimes we forget about Jesus and are consumed with our position, our power, our possessions, our prosperity, our prominence. When we have the wrong perspective, then we become filled with pride. Then we have problems with people and this contributes to another problem. Among the followers of Christ, there is often a priority problem. Verse 26 says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. 
and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says, if you want to be a leader, you must be a servant. If you want to be first, you must be willing to be a slave. Do you want to be successful? You must start at the bottom. Do you want to be a leader? You must first learn how to serve. We must be willing to give our all without desiring the glory. We must be willing to do what no one wants to do, but what Christ commands us to do. We must be willing to surrender, submit, serve and sacrifice in order to accomplish the Father's will. It means to put others first. It requires us to be last. Are we willing to do that today? So why is all this relevant to us today? We've seen how it affected our Lord's apostles and how Jesus handled it. And it was important for them that Jesus guided them before he entered Jerusalem and be crucified for us all. The problems of pride, people with problems, and perhaps our biggest problem of perception and our life's priorities each need to be addressed. And why? Because you may not realize it, but we too are on our way to Jerusalem. Revelations chapter 21 tells us, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven for God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, don't be found wanting we must prepare ourselves for the wedding banquet. The time might not be on our side. Let us address any of the issues that we've mentioned so that we're totally ready to meet our Lord in the new Jerusalem. Yes, there are some problems among the followers of Christ yet to be addressed. But praise God, Jesus has the answer. Simply, in all humility, we follow him alone. For as his disciples found out, Jesus is the answer. Amen.